0: Welcome to Living Box Free. Our mission is to help you break out of the box of worldly expectations.
1: We're here to help you find your unique journey to a healthy, fulfilled life. Welcome to Living Box Free. I'm Ashleen, And I'm Becky. And today we are going to talk about something that's kind of a little bit depressing to think about, but also pretty exciting to think about, in my personal opinion, which is leading when you don't have a position of power. I remember my favorite definition of leadership is a leader is someone who takes action on behalf of others. And that is by... Zachary Allen, good job. Thank you. <laughs> We're going to talk about today why it's important to be able to take action on behalf of others or for the good of others. That's what it is. I, see, I got the quote. I got the person right <laughs> and the quote wrong. Someone who takes action for the good of others. That's what it is. I like it. And you don't have to have an, a role that says you don't have to have a nameplate. You don't have to have your name on your shirt to be able to take action. For the good of others, Becky just checked her shirt to see if her name was on there. If I was wearing my FFA jacket, my (laughs) name would totally be on that. Anyway, we're going to talk about that today. Before we get into that, Becky, what's on the rise for you?
0: What is on the rise for me? Tristan and I got this really cool baby swing from his mom. Okay. Yes. And it just sat on our floor for a week. And we're like, oh my gosh, we need to put hooks out on our front porch, like Mm -hmm. up in the wooden rafter. So we're like, we need to put some hooks in there so we can hang it. We got, we're so proud of ourselves. We went to Home Depot. We got everything we needed. We put
1: these hooks in there. Because your handyman moved to Alaska. Yes. Literally. Yes,
0: he did. Liam, shout out. We miss you. And so we do everything. We go to hang it and we never actually, like it sat on our floor and it was all bundled up we never actually like pulled it apart to see how long the strings were. (laughs) So then when we hung it up. It is like 4 or 5 feet off the ground <laughs> of a swing, extremely high. And immediately we both think, is this safe? <laughs> like, if it like I was imagining a swing that was much lower to the yes. ground, easier, like I have it's like I have to lift up to get yeah. him into it. So anyway, it we <laughs> the weight, it's weight it, holds yeah. his weight that's good he's only been in it once <laughs> we're going to go get some chains to make yeah, it longer make but it longer yes, so, so that it's closer to the ground i don't know if that's a parent fail but it was definitely yeah we didn't ever think to see how long the strings were for it yeah it
1: is so our rafter is definitely much is higher it is literally on the rise it is
0: all, yeah <laughs> it is very much on the rise uh <laughs> yes i hopefully our neighbors aren't too concerned about our child's safety i promise well, we're going to get as chains. you
1: stay right next to him i'm yes. sure it's fine yes he
0: liked it so yeah Okay, what's on the rise for you?
1: (laughs) Oh, no, I got so distracted thinking about the swing. (laughs) I feel like, I've said this to a couple of people, I feel like maybe it's because I work in an office and I have an office that has no windows. And I'm not really sure why, but it it feels like summer is like a myth that everyone else is talking about. And it doesn't feel like summer. Mm -hmm. Like it feels like this is just an extension of the gray area of time that was 2020 like it's just sh- we're oh, still man. going and it doesn't feel like summer so I'm trying to do more summer things I'm not really even sure what that means but I'm trying so yeah. this weekend my I texted my friends and I was like we need to do summer things I don't care what that is we just need to do them that's a great idea and I have when- a baby pool oh
0: excellent if you want to go swimming if <laughs> you're you, it it's actually as a dog on the picture, as a dog pool, but it's cheaper than the baby one.
1: Yeah, you talked about that a couple yeah. episodes ago. I know, yeah.
0: It's it's free. Anyone DM us, you wanna come <laughs> swimming. I think we can get two large humans in it. <laughs> it's like a jacuzzi tub with really short sides. <laughs> <sighs> yep. Summer things. Summer Good. things. I was thinking about drinking lemonade on a hot day. Oh,
1: interesting. Or county fairs. That's what I think of. County fairs. Yeah. Yes. Is that
0: a thing here? Are there a county fairs There here? are. Actually, last week was Hancock County
1: Fair. Okay. Yeah, so
0: there are. Didn't even know. In Indianapolis as a city, I think we just don't think about it as much.
1: Yeah, because is there a Marion County Fair? There is. There is? Yes. It's actually close to where we are. Fascinating. Yes. Okay. I maybe don't know, I know should look that into is. that. We should look. Yeah. Maybe we could do that sometime. We could go... Look at some cows. Yes. Together. All right. Drink some lemonade. Yes. That neither of us would Snow actually really enjoy. and funnel cakes. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Yeah, that'd be great. That'd be great. Let's talk about leadership.
0: Let's. Let's. One of the things, uh, we we brought this topic up, Ash and I, I feel like you probably know what's relevant in our life because that's how <laughs> we come up with some of these topics. I had multiple people over the last two weeks say, hey, I'm really looking for some professional development for my team, specifically how to influence uh, if you don't have a title, just individual contributors. And that really made me think and do some more digging into this. We know you can lead without a title, but how? And what? how do we break that down to make it simple for people who are looking to grow in that way? And I, I'll never forget when I was in college, I was at a leadership training and me and one of, actually, Sharita, who we, we interviewed on a different podcast, oh, yeah. we were doing the facilitation. And one of the first questions we ask in this training is, can you lead without a title? And there was one student there, and she was determined, no, you have to have a title. Principal, police officer, and she listed. Mm-hmm. Like, you have to have a title to be a leader. And then when we jumped into this content of leadership is influence, yeah. and you can influence without having a title, it was like her mind was blown. <laughs> and And... That's really kind of what we're going to be jumping into here when we talk about and I, I love that you shared a definition of leadership, there are so many definitions so of leadership, many. yes. and we're going to simply think about leadership here in the John Maxwell framework of leadership is influence. If you have the ability to influence others, and really you're not a leader if you don't have followers. Right. Yep. And those followers, it's actually, if you're leading without a title and you have followers, it's probably even more powerful because they're not following you because you're put in a position. Yeah. And so we're, we're going to talk in that framework. There's, we can do a separate episode yep. focused on how do I influence in the workplace specific strategies when I don't have a title? Because that's a whole nother bucket, you know, advocating benefits, connecting to business objectives. We're not going to get into that here, <laughs> We're gonna, but, but I do understand that is also a need. And I yeah. think that's part of the need of what I've heard from people. I work with our individual contributors saying, I, I really need to get this proposal. I need to get people to hear this proposal. How do I influence them? So we'll maybe a separate episode. We'll do that. This one we're going to talk about just how do you lead without a title? Yeah. What does that look like? What are some key um, traits there? And As we jump into this, one of the foundational things we want to think about is in order to have people following you, they must trust you. And we're going to jump into five key traits here that, or characteristics of leaders who lead without a position of power that enables them to prove their trust, build trust with an audience and and have followers.
1: I feel like you could spend 40 minutes just talking about... That one statement. Yes. Yeah.
0: Let's do it. No. Okay. Separate podcast. Settle in, <laughs> y'all. Yeah. And, and we are, I'm saying, leadership is such a broad topic. We yeah. are simplifying. Ash and I always, once we dig into these topics, we're like, <laughs> wow, I could have made five podcasts <laughs> from this one headline. So so we are simplifying here. And, and what we're going to focus on is, yeah, how do you build trust? And think think to yourself, did you follow, have you ever followed someone who had no authority over you that you didn't trust? Oh, no, I don't think so. I can't, I can't think of any, anyone. Uh-huh. I might have listened to them, but I, I wouldn't say that I would follow them right wholeheartedly if I didn't truly trust them. Yeah, it's a great point. Yeah, so something to keep in mind. So all of these, these different features we're going to talk about will help you build trust and lead without that position of power. First one, listen more than you speak. Yes. Some people are really, really good at this. And some people have to learn how to have that emotional intelligence to recognize, oh, geez, I'm talking a lot. I should probably ask questions about the other person. (laughs) (laughs) And and, uh, one one of the things I really think about here, I actually did a little bit of research, some of the top leaders that people have identified over history and what made them unique. And one of the leaders that was highlighted here was actually Walt Disney. Mm-hmm. And they talk about those people who worked with Walt Disney. He, he really led based on what they called part participative participative. Yeah. It's a hard word for it me. It is participative leadership. You got it. So make like really enrolling and getting everyone to participate that collaboration, listening doesn't mean that that leader. So Sorry, if are,
1: I just keep thinking. Stop collaborate and listen, but
0: stop collaborate and listen. <laughs> exactly, ice is back with a brand new. I can't. I don't know all. I, the don't, I don't know them all either. That's I just, like. I got, it got distracted. All. Anyway, keep going. we need to bring in music. We know music helps us learn. <laughs> exactly, uh, and so really, Walt Disney was an example of he used his team. I mean, just think of all the creativity that came from Walt Disney and his legacy. And when we think about listen more than we you speak, as a leader, you are not a leader because you're the top expert. Or or that's not usually what gets you the trust necessarily is that you're the smartest person in the room. It's that you show that you care and you're listening and you can take those ideas of a group and synergize to come to an even better idea because everyone has been heard. And And I know specifically one of the things that's as we talk about Diversity and inclusion in the workplace, making sure everyone's heard, has been a really important piece. A lot of corporate companies are doing pushes and initiatives in. So, as a leader, this is this is so important.
1: I think this is something we don't talk about enough as a leader with the title, too. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's that's yes. all I have to say. And this is, yeah,
0: no, this <laughs> is the other thing we're talking about. How do you lead without a title? Does not mean you don't you don't do these things if you have a title, right? And and I think one of the once again, leadership, we can define it so many different ways. And I actually, I skipped over this part, but there's ascribed leadership hmm. and then there's earned leadership. And ascribed leadership is when you have that title, that job that's given to you, that gives you the authority to make the last call. Uh, and then earned leadership is what we're talking about today. You've earned it. Yeah. And there are people who are quote unquote leaders in organizations because of the org chart people wouldn't say that they're an earned leader. Yeah. They're an ascribed leader. Yeah. They're a rank that you have to say, you have to do what they say. Right. Uh, so, but I think that you have that advantage. If you are an ascribed leader, you have a title. By doing these things we're talking about, you're going to also be an earned leader. You can be both.
1: Yeah. And then you can really get stuff done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Enneagram three legs that. <laughs> <laughs> So listen more than you speak. Any examples you can think of of leaders, Ash, that have done this really well or bad? Hmm.
1: I think people who ask a lot of questions, it's just those are the people that come to mind. Mm -hmm. They ask. They don't make assumptions. And I think a lot of times when we, I mean, we're kind of pushing toward more feedback-rich environments in terms of corporate life and jobs and things, which is great, but there are so many different ways to interpret that feedback. Mm -hmm. So if you you know, send out an employee survey and then you get it back. <laughs> One of my boss recently said, yeah, three three people on our team, I don't know who are disengaged. And I it just, it's keeping me up at night. And I was like, well, have you asked them? And he's like, well, I don't know who they are. And I was like, but have you asked our team? Why? I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, you don't want to single them out, but I think asking questions is the gateway to listening. Yes, And then eventually people will just come to you and just start pouring it out. Yep. So true. Because they know you care and they know you want to listen. And what's crazy, I feel like a lot of times people want to tell you, mm-hmm. but
0: as that leader, sometimes they feel like they can't unless they're asked. Yep. So yes, asking questions, listen more than you speak. Okay. That's number one. We're only, we only got five. Yeah. <laughs> number two, <laughs> do what you say you'll do. And, and for me here, this also connects to leaders cast a vision. So you're casting that mm-hmm. vision. What, what is that goal? What are we trying to achieve? But then as you commit to things, gosh, this is huge with trust, not only building trust, but sustaining trust, do what you say you will do and don't commit to things that you don't think you can follow through on. And I have, I have one example of a bad situation and I really tried to, I tried to think of kind of diverse experiences here, but it, I think it was 2016 that I got moved into a position in global marketing, and I was told, "Hey, we want you to launch this product, and we want we would love for it to launch in seven countries by the end of this year." And I knew nothing about launching a product, and they were all Asian countries. And uh, as I was in marketing, however, there was no one coordinating all these different pieces manufacturing quality regulatory and so i was like you know what okay i'm going to i'm going to rally the troops i'm going to bring us together and so i was in that more of a peer position but tried to be that earned leader and really that vision of we're going to launch in seven countries however i did not have the understanding to set that goal or Mm -hmm. I should say confirm that goal to people who told me that was our goal. Right. And we ended up launching, I think it was in two countries by the end of the year versus seven. So less than 50% (laughs) and that, that right there, do what you say you'll do. And I think obviously I'm using like a corporate situation. It's really hard. You can lose a lot of trust as a leader when you set a goal and you say, we're going to do it. And then it was, you were super overreaching. (laughs) I don't launch products anymore. There's a reason for that. <laughs> I'm in a totally different job now. Yeah. And and I and I learned a lot and yeah. I could do it again and I know a lot more about how to set realistic goals there. But in that situation, I mean, I know without a doubt the the trust we as a team lost credibility in the organization because we didn't meet our business goals and the trust amongst uh, other functional groups that we would get the job done decreased. Because it was two countries, and we said seven. Yeah, that is that's a very corporate example.
1: That's tough. Yeah, it was tough. I, I think something there that's so hard is you're not always you're not always the one who gets to to decide if it happens or not. Mm-hmm. So that's where it gets tricky for me. Of like, I want I want to in some ways over or under promise and over deliver. Yeah. But I'm not always the one that like in that example, you weren't, yeah. it wasn't really your fault. You said you took it from your leaders who said, we well, are going to do this. And so mm-hmm. you said, we're going to do this. And it wasn't really your fault, but it, it comes back on you because of that. Yep. And that, I think that's where it gets super tricky and you have to, you have to be willing to take the blame for things that are not your fault. Yeah, But you also have to be willing to push back on your own leadership and say, this doesn't feel realistic. I feel like I'm going to promise this and it can't happen.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep. And in those scenarios, I really try to think as a leader, what were the little things that I said I would do to get us to that goal? And yeah. did I do those? Yeah. Yes. Did it, did it achieve what we wanted? No. Right. (laughs) But it was like physically impossible to do that goal that was given to us. Uh, And so that, I mean, that's a very, like I said, a unique example. However, what many of us have experienced, like you said, Ash, is sometimes our goals are given to us in the workplace. Mm -hmm. And maybe as a leader, we do need to push back. Um, Other things though, when I think about do what you say, You'll do, I think about even the most simple of things. Uh, I think about when a leader says, hey, yeah, let's all show up and we're gonna do this community service project. And then the leader gets busy and takes a different meeting and they don't show up. That's that's that's, not great. No. Mm -mm. And so even in those smallest of things, are you following through and that consistency and taking that responsibility and, and following through on it, that will build and sustain trust and when you lose trust it's so much harder to regain it Yeah, let's go to the next one I like this one focus on helping focus on helping I actually looked as I looked at this list of leaders that people pulled some of the top leaders I want to make sure to highlight a female and one of the top female leaders here shout out to Matt Girls that they identified was Dolly Parton mm-hmm. Dolly Parton uh, I think they called her gosh something like the princess of the Appala- Appalachian Appalachian Oh, my gosh, I can't say it. (laughs) Appalachians. Appalachians, Appalachians, yeah. Yeah. Uh, And so anyway, they talk about Dolly Parton. There's actually a Harvard Business Review article about her and her style of leadership. And it talks about how she really focused on getting to know her fans and had lots of different missions that she was helping. And one of the the biggest pieces of her leadership style was her giving nature Mm. and what that giving nature looks like as a leader. It's when leaders give of themselves so others can succeed. Thank you, Dolly, and uh, go read the Harvard Business Review if you want to read more about that. And <laughs> there's what she's also done. a podcast
1: about it. Of uh, oh. a, uh, I can't remember what Dolly Dolly Parton's America. I think there's a oh, podcast nice. episode called that, and it's yeah, it's fascinating. I'm sure Matt Girls can like. Comment I have yeah, and tell us. exactly. Yes, <laughs> tell us all about it. Uh,
0: and then it also talks about that giving or focusing on helping that giving nature means spending time coaching and developing your people. That is mm. huge. You do not have to be the person with the title to coach others. I actually find peer coaches more impactful sometimes. Mm -hmm. And you, once again, you have to have trust. Your peers need to know that you're doing this, not because you want to say, Oh, you're bad at this and I'm better, but no, like we all have areas we can improve and being a peer that cares enough to help coach. Mm -hmm.
1: That's huge.
0: And so coaching and developing others, and sometimes that's even, you might not be the coach for them, but it's connecting them with someone else in your network who can help them. Absolutely. So focusing on helping. Oh yeah. I have a good example here. Oh boy. This example, it's actually about Ash and it was the very beginning of 2020. It was February and my grandpa had passed away. This was before the world shut down
1: Mm -hmm.
0: and I actually, I can't remember. I think you drove me to the airport mm-hmm. or you just picked me up. I can't remember. But I think both. Both. Yeah. So Ash is picking me up at the airport and she had pre-made three or four healthy meals for me. She knew that I was getting back. I had no food prepped and it was amazing. And I'm like, what a simple act of she made some healthy meals, which they were delicious. What was one of them? I'm trying to remember. I was obsessed
1: with it, Sloppy Joe bowls. That was it, Sloppy yeah. Joe bowls. I loved it. That's a tasty one. It is so tasty. Maybe I'll post that on our Instagram sometime.
0: You should. Mm-hmm. You should share the recipe. It'll go viral. <laughs> it's so good. Uh, so that right there,
1: very simple, but focusing
0: on helping. So as a leader, what you know, even if it's just the smallest of needs,
1: uh, in this scenario, food for me, that mm-hmm. was huge. And I think that goes back to listening. Like you don't know mm-hmm. what people need help with unless you're listening and asking questions. Yes. And yeah, I mean, it this kind of fits because I'm coaching volunteers right now. Like I work for a volunteer-run organization basically. And so I technically have the title of the staff member, but I'm coaching my volunteers and I'm basically trying to figure out how do I support them? How do I make their lives easier, how do I give them the power to run this organization? So technically, in this scenario, I have the power, but they're the ones actually calling the shots. They're the ones making the decisions. So this is a little bit of a backwards example, but it's like, how do I help them do their jobs? Mm-hmm. And especially with volunteers, because they're not getting paid. So how do I support yeah. them and pay attention to their needs? And if they're doing well or not doing well, and, you know, having a rough day. One of my coworkers. Recently was like, I have had a headache since yesterday evening. And I was like, just go home. Just go home. I don't have the power to tell you that, but I'm taking the power to tell you that. Go home. (laughs) Yes. And she did. And that's helping, giving like permission, saying, hey, go, go home. There's
0: something you just made me think of. And I actually, my husband said this and I thought it was, I was like, wow, that is good. (laughs) He said something about being a servant and not a slave. Hmm. And I think that's really important, too. Just listening to you talk about mm-hmm. helping volunteers, I'm sure it's easy. Helping is different than being a slave to someone. Yeah. So as leaders, we need to help those people. Uh, but it doesn't, it doesn't mean you have to be a slave and do everything they tell you to or mm-hmm. demand. That this is really, it's how do we help? And that can look very different based on your audience in in the project that you're working on. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We love helping,
1: helping. Great
0: example. Ash helping me with my nutrition, (laughs) some food, two more. The next one is be courageous to make decisions. Okay. Fun example here. Oh, okay. The most memorable wedding I've probably been a part of Mm -hmm. is my sister-in-law's. Yes. Desiree shout out. Uh, she planned a wedding and she didn't live in Kansas but she planned it for Kansas and we all get back uh, to Hutchison, Kansas. And she has all these bags of decorations, just like, you know, vases and rocks. And they're like all pulled apart, right? Like you mm-hmm. just bought them at Hobby Lobby. And so it is her wedding day and she is getting ready. And I'm like, Oh sure. I'll help set up the reception hall. So we take all these bags, to the reception hall, all of Tristan and Desiree's families there. We lay them out on some tables and everyone just looks at each other and no one now knows what, what to do. Yeah. No one knows what to do. And I was like, well, did, did Desiree show anyone like what centerpieces, like how do we put these together? And they're like, no, and no one is doing anything. And I'm like, all right, clock's ticking. And here we go. Of course being me, I'm yep. like, okay. And I start pulling these things out and I just make, I don't know if it's what <laughs> she wanted or not but I make a centerpiece. Somebody got to make something. And I'm like, how does it look? Okay. All right, everyone let's make an assembly line. <laughs> and so all of a sudden I become the reception decorator <laughs> and it, it's one of those scenarios. No one wanted to make a decision mm-hmm. and it be wrong and her be angry or upset. Yeah. And Tessera is not that type of person, right. but still no one wanted to decide yeah. what those centerpieces should look like because mm-hmm. they didn't want to take the responsibility if it didn't turn out well. Yeah. And fortunately, the married in -in sister-in-law myself, (laughs) I, I was like, all right, you guys, you can hit me with the bus if this doesn't work out right. And, and it went fine. It went fine. But the point here is once again, that was an earned situation. I did not have a title. I was not the reception coordinator until that moment. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And people oftentimes they need a leader to make the decision because they don't want to take the responsibility if it goes wrong. Yep. And It's hard. That's that's probably one of the hardest things, I think, as a leader. And the pandemic was, gosh, it was such an experience for us running a gym, having to make decisions, knowing that you didn't know if it was right or wrong. You're making your best decision and someone's going to complain. Someone's going to be mad no matter what you do. Yes. And and so as a leader, especially that earned leader, making decisions is important. Mm -hmm. And I know we talked about the very first one, making sure you listen more than you speak. That is important. But we also mentioned, I think we mentioned Walt Disney at the end of the day, sometimes, I mean, the indecision is still on the leader because yep. you can listen to everyone. And sometimes people want to do the popular thing and not the right thing. Yeah. And as a leader, you need to choose the right thing, not always the popular thing. And you have to be willing to take that. Yeah. Whether it's backlash or if it doesn't go right, it, yeah, everyone's going to point their fingers at you, even though you're a team. Yeah. So that takes courage.
1: Yeah. I think as a a titled leader and ascribed leader, um, it's important to note when, like it's important to empower your team to make those decisions and not to, like to hold them accountable when things go wrong, but not to punish them when things go wrong Mm -hmm. if they took the initiative to make a decision. And also to be aware of when you need to, jump in and help and take the blame yourself. Yes. So that's just, that's kind of a side note and something we can dig into more later, but yep. I, I would, culture is a totally different podcast, but when I think about the cultures
0: I want to be a part of, I want to be a part of a culture where I can fail Yeah, because we can learn from that and it's yes. okay.
1: Yeah. And that just, as you said, yeah, I have a leader right now who has a lot of opinions about things. And that's fine when he's around. When he's not around, and then we have to make decisions like he goes on vacation, we have to continue to make decisions. And mm-hmm. there's just this awareness that when he comes back, he's going to be unhappy with the decisions. And it's like, well, but we have to decide. We have to be able to move forward without him. And so that's that's an example of not empowering your people to make their decisions. Yep.
0: And part of being a leader, too, is having the courage to let your people mm-hmm. make the decision Yeah, because in certain situations, at least in our workplace, we talk about expertise and time. If you don't have the time or you don't have the expertise, you need to rely on someone else. Yeah, And that takes courage to some, for some control yep. people. Yep. I don't like to say control freaks, but yeah, that's basically <laughs> what I'm saying. <laughs> right. Okay. Last one. Care about people. And that's it folks that we can wrap up now. <laughs> yeah. That one. I mean, we saved probably the most important for last to build trust if you have selfish intent if that's why you're doing something is it's really for just you making more money or just you getting in the spotlight mm-hmm. people will see that and you will lose trust
1: mm-hmm.
0: if it is if it's about you and it's not about them and the organization the people the customer you're serving man that's a that's a really fast way to lose any type of influence that you have. Yeah. And I I mean, sadly, I can I think of one really big example. And it was a female leader. And I think what was so sad was I got to see behind the curtain. This was not at Elenco, so if you're from Elenco, this was not there, but I got to see behind the curtain the true intent of of the actions that person was taking. And I mean, it lost my trust. And then I wasn't following that person and I didn't want to, I didn't want to be a part of that mission anymore. And so that's, that's a really fast way to just lose it.
1: Yep. I was actually talking earlier today to our friend, Emily, who works for USA Gymnastics and they had. Um, the Olympic trials recently, and I discovered after the fact that I had a bunch of friends that were there working production for it. I didn't know that at the no, time. Oh, how cool. Um, and I'd, so I talked to her about that, and she said she said, so they were contractors coming in to do production for the actual event, and she said it was really nice to have outside people that care as much about the organization as she does. And I think that's so crucial to this point of like, they were people, they were working for her, yeah, they were coming in as con- outside contractors, but they were caring as much about the end product and as much about how they were doing their jobs as she was. And in the at the end of the day, that's about caring for people mm-hmm. and you know really investing in what you're doing. Yes, and I just thought that was really cool. That is really cool.
0: And, and I would say if you if you are listening to this and you're like, man, I'm trying to lead this group, but I don't really care about I don't really care about this. Then should you be leading? Right. Like, is that, that's a huge sign to me that if your heart's not in it, then your time should probably be spent somewhere else. And there probably is someone else who
1: really cares about that mission or those people who needs that opportunity to step up. And as we've said before, not everybody needs to be a titled leader. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's not like, just because we talk about that being progress and climbing the ladder and all of that. Like there are people who are really good at being teammates. You still have to care about the people, but you might not care about the goals of the team or that kind of thing hmm. So care about people, care about people. Super important and super easy, right? Just, yeah, just care about people. Yes.
0: Yes. <laughs> so <laughs> it easy. is. I mean, it is super easy. I will say, I think I ha- actually had a note in here that it is, it's easy until a, one of those people does something to hurt the group or hurt The, not necessarily the leader, but like the Mm -hmm. mission, then it's hard because you like genuinely
1: care about those people and you're like, why would this person do this? Yes, I was being sarcastic. It's not easy to care about people. Yeah. Sorry. Shouldn't be sarcastic on the podcast. Man, I love
0: sarcasm. I
1: missed it. (laughs) I missed it. Yes. Care about people. It is simple. It is not easy to care about people. Yeah. Because people are complex. People are so complex.
0: Yeah. That's why we have a podcast. Because we're complex.
1: (laughs) Because we're complex (laughs) and confusing and confused. But we now know that the keys to leading without a position of power are listening more than you speak, doing what you say you'll do, focusing on helping, being courageous to make decisions, and caring about people. I mean, that's a, just a pretty good life list right there. It really is. Yeah. Be a good person. Yeah. We could just like use those five points for every topic we come up with in yeah. the future. <laughs> Let's do it. Done. Less prep time. <laughs> yes. All right. Well, you know what our uh, tips will be for the next podcast. <laughs> we don't know what the topic will be, but there are but the action the steps. <laughs> All right. We'll talk to you next time. Bye.